welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, marketing implementation, process automation, accounting, payroll processing, CRM design and implementation, and business technology strategy consulting and implementation. The host of today's show is Jennifer Roos with Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Her guest today is David Scales with Talbert Insurance Services. Jennifer? Thank you, Mike. And welcome, David. Thank you for having me. No, my pleasure. Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about risk mitigation for small business and even large businesses as a whole. That sounds great. It's kind of what we do. (laughs) Well, one of the stats that I found from Aviva, uh, Doug Kelly, director of Blue Drop Services, posted this, which is 75% of businesses are currently underinsured and that 40% actually after disaster can't even reopen their doors. It doesn't surprise me at all. There are a couple different ways that companies can be underinsured. They can have inadequate limits uh, for the policies that they have currently, or they could have overlooked an area of risk in their business that's uninsured. And I would expect that that is typically a large portion of that 40% is an overlooked hazard that's inherent in their business. What do you mean by overlooked hazard? Something that we may not think about in a normal day-to-day business, but that I would just because I'm in it every day. Uh, A perfect example might be having hired non-owned auto added to a general liability policy or the the business liability, which doesn't sound like much. It's usually a very inexpensive add-on to the business policy, but it can have large ramifications. So you may have a business that does not have a corporate automobile that's owned and registered in the business, but if you have employees or people driving on behalf of the business with their own personal autos, there still is an auto exposure and a risk. So an employee or even the owner of the business is driving their personal auto. They get into some type of traffic accident. Attorneys get involved and they find out that this person was driving on behalf of the business. So now both the individual is named in the action and the business, mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no coverage or legal defense for the business in that case because the hired and non-owned is not on the policy. Okay. What about um, specific industries where do you see a lot of the risk? Let's look at the restaurant industry, for instance. Restaurant industry, people would automatically go to slip and fall, foodborne illness, the common things. Uh, What they don't think about is power outages, service line interruptions, and what that does to all the food in the freezers if you don't have a backup generator to keep the freezers going and you have food spoilage. And that can creep into the thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, depending on depending on the business. One of the other things that has been really a hot button lately has been the cybercrime issue. And I know that affects everybody, but it does also affect things such as restaurants and because they're taking money. Absolutely. If you take a card, if you have somebody's personal check on hand that has their account routing, that is all protected information. And the ramifications for the business of having a cyber event where there's a records breach of some kind, whether it's a simple retail store uh, where card information is swiped uh, electronically, if it's records, even paper records that, that get out, that is people's confidential personal information. And that can lead to forensic audits where you now have to pay for an accountant to come in and check the records. Uh, in, in extreme cases, it can lead to FBI audits where the FBI, you now have a 
a best friend in the FBI <laughs> that can come in and inspect your business when they want to. Uh, it gets very expensive and very time consuming. And the time part and the distraction of it is probably just as bad or worse than the actual loss. Well, I mean, with cybercrime, especially because, I mean, I have a, a cybercrime denim to my policy and I didn't think it cost me more than like an extra 10 or 12 bucks a month. It, it was menial. It depends on the limits and depends on the exposure. So let's use a, an extreme exposure, or I wouldn't say extreme might not be the right word, but an exposure where you have tons of record of personal mm -hmm. information, so medical practices. Well, yeah, that's going to be higher. But. Right, and there are multiple aspects to a medical practice. There's the there's the liability that comes with taking cards, but there's mm -hmm. also, of course, the medical records and everything that goes along with HIPAA, which we won't get into that because it's very specific, but just know that the the auditing and the procedures that go and the government agencies that potentially get involved because you may take Medicare or Medicaid patients, mm -hmm. it gets extensive, time intensive, and then it's quite costly. Yeah. And I mean, if for a normal small business out, outside of the medical field or outside of the HIPAA regulations, for a company like mine or a company such as uh, a small retailer, a small boutique shop, a restaurant, I mean, it, it's not a huge, huge extra policy. It is not. So you can add, if you have a business owner's policy form, that's what your business owner's insurance is on, it can be added for less than a few hundred dollars per year for at least a sublimit. If you have a higher exposure and you want to add limits, it'll cost a little bit more than that. But it's we typically see less than $2,000 a year, even for people that take you know hundreds of thousands of transactions in a given year. Yeah, because I mean, as I said, mine is, is me. I mean, it's a couple hundred dollars for the year. And it covers me for a couple million dollars of exposure. So it, it's, but then again, I don't take a lot of transactions. So I don't have that. I go through gateway. I have all different things put into place to, to limit my overall exposure. Right. It, it's a very important coverage, often overlooked. People don't think they necessarily need it. Or the, some of them think it's included already. Uh, also <laughs> something that we hear quite often, uh, but it, it typically is not that expensive to, to do that risk offset and let a third party handle it. Uh, another aspect that you might see in your consulting business is just the, the disruption or the bad press mm -hmm. that people get. Errors and omissions. Well, from a cyber, from a cyber attack so that comes. And it's not only the disruption of the business, the claim and everything else that goes on with that. Your customers are now affected mm -hmm. with their personal information and there is bad press that comes from that. And in cyber policies, there is a sublimit that will actually help with reputation if you add that particular part yeah. of the policy. In. I think we have that, but uh, I have to double check on my own, actually, just to make sure that that's in there. What other things are you seeing out there? So tell me a little example of something that really has happened to, to a customer of yours or a claim that came in that was just, you sat there and had to just scratch your head going, why? 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 Okay. And uh, most People in Atlanta uh, have noticed that automobile rates have gone up. It's both on the personal side, but also on the commercial auto fleet side. Mm -hmm. And this is a uh, this is a real claim example. We'll keep the information confidential, but it really happened where a commercial truck backed up at a stoplight to look at something, rolled back, probably doing less than five miles an hour, uh, and bumped into the car behind it. There mm -hmm. was couple thousand dollars of, of damage to repair the grill and the and the scratch on the hood and that sort of thing. And the lawsuit is for, I think, close to six figures for, for injuries 
incurred because it was a commercial vehicle and it was seen as a target. Multiple people that were in the vehicle that got struck requested an ambulance holding their necks and an attorney got involved within six weeks. Seriously? Seriously. Okay, that kind of goes back to the coffee. Yeah, the old McDonald's coffee cup. Yes. (laughs) I put it between my legs and I got burned. Yes. (laughs) So it should say that it's hot. Yeah. Correct, correct. This was just a this is unfortunately this is some of what insurance has come to where now fortunately the, the customer was insured correctly had adequate limits had the coverages in place and the insurer handled the process from the legal defense to adjusting the claim and and everything that's there but there are people that are very opportunistic looking to to cash in a little bit and it's, it's sad but it happens and as a business owner we need to be aware of that and protect ourselves adequately well, I know one of the things for my is I have listeners not just here in Georgia. My listeners range all over the world, and I have a good amount that are all over the country. Now, I know one of the things that was interesting is I, I lost a number of clients this year because of the just natural disasters, and unfortunately, those natural disasters they didn't have riders on their insurance covering those particular disasters, including flood and fire, and so uh, some of my clients will never get. They never get their homes back, but they'll never get their businesses back either because they just weren't covered for those particular issues. So I know that one of the things that's really interesting that I found interesting is depending on where you are to note that uh, in insurance, things that would you would normally think are covered aren't necessarily covered. So one of the things I always tell my clients is do an audit of your insurance. Understand everything that's actually in there and see if it's actually covering the potentials of your area. Because in some areas, there is flooding, and flood insurance is a separate insurance. Through the National Flood Insurance Program. Yeah, and you can't get it right before the storm. There is a, there is a couple week, or wait, or maybe 30 days, I forget I exactly what the days. time, but there is a delay before the policy is effective once you do get a flood policy uh, to prevent uh, what's called adverse selection, which is people waiting until a known event is going to happen and then insuring against it to try and and put the cost off on somebody else. Uh, But flood insurance is one of those items that that people often believe is part of their policy that that is not. Well, because you think natural disaster, you don't think flood is outside of natural disaster. Right. And I had a a close personal experience with this before I I got into the insurance uh, agency side of things. You know, we lived in Woodstock years ago. We were on the side of a hill with a slab foundation. And, you know, we're in North Georgia. You don't think hurricanes, but the actual rain event from a hurricane in the early 2000s got water just to the top of the edge of the slab just from runoff. And that actually falls into the rising water category, which is strictly flood insurance. So it was an eye opener to see nothing happened, fortunately for us, but it, it applies to both uh, businesses and people's personal property. Oh, I know. And it, it's interesting because it doesn't matter if you live right next to the beach or not. It's not included in your policy. Uh, it is. It is not. Uh, <laughs> there, there are some parts that you can include, not on flood, but for uh, for problems with your sewer. It's called backup of, of mm-hmm. sewer and drains that can be added on to the policy for those specific things. So you can think roots growing into a sewer line that causes backup and, and that type of water gets back in or a drain gets clogged and overflows. Those you can cover on your on your policy by adding specific uh, endorsements. But flood is 
100% a separate policy. Yeah, because as I said, unfortunately, natural disasters have been pretty heavy this year. One of, you know, I, I've lost friends and clients' businesses and, and homes to things like the fires in California, the floods in, in both Florida and in, in Texas. They are. It, it's it's very important. And some of the things to think about when you're when you're starting a business, you're looking at where to locate it, especially if you have a business that requires fixed real estate or fixed location is where are you? Are you in a floodplain? You know, are you in an area where natural disasters happen? So we are definitely in Georgia in the in the wind, the wind category <laughs> uh, with tornadoes and hail and, and all the other natural disasters that happen here. True. But I mean, you also have to look at it, how strange some of it was. I mean, let's face it. Uh, Tampa hadn't been hit in, what, 85 years? 110 years is something for that that size hurricane and then 85 years from any storm at all? Yeah, I Flor mean, <laughs> Florida is a little bit of a different animal with uh, with insurance. Uh, oh, Texas wasn't supposed to get hit that hard. No, again. you're not going to predict that you get 50 plus inches of rain in a single in a single event. Yeah, uh, or in, in that case, taking out pretty much you know, part of Napa. Yes. Most of those vines have been up there for 100 years. It's a, <laughs> a once-in-a-lifetime event that we probably won't see again. I had a question I wanted to ask, uh, David. You, you started the interview, Jennifer, by saying something about 75% of businesses are uninsured or... Underinsured. Underinsured. Mm -hmm. And 40% and never come back? Correct. After, uh, a after a disaster, and it doesn't have to be a large disaster. It could be as simple as a cybercrime issue. You can never make it back. Are there not, uh, David, minimums for insurance for businesses? That, or, or are there laws on the books that state you have to have certain, like, like in car insurance, you can't drive unless you have this minimum amount of coverage. Is there anything similar to that in the business world? There is for autos on the business and workers' compensation. In those laws. And the, the only other ones that I'm aware of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is with certain trucking. If it's a trucking industry, there are some insurance risk on or minimums that are required for hauling. There product. are there are if you're going for your filings, whether either state or federal filings, there are minimums for auto liability associated with those. I don't mean the auto side, I meant the the actual um the haul. Oh, to with, haul equipment. With cargo? The cargo. I can't imagine a company would want to use a trucking company that does not have the cargo insured. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Typically, it's not legally enforced. Okay. It is it is per contract. So if I'm going to put my goods on your trailer, I'm going to require by contract that you insure them for up to their value, which is where the cargo coverage comes in. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe, at least in Georgia, there's not a law that says you have to have a certain dollar figure of cargo insurance. Typical laws around insurance are where you as a business can do damage to somebody else. So the business with its workers, that's a workers' comp. If you have a vehicle on the road with a registration, it's the liability portion where you can damage or injure somebody else's property or person. Is there a minimum amount of coverage that the law requires? In the auto, it's extremely low. It's 25000 per person, up to right. 50000 uh, per occurrence, which from our commercial claim examples that we see, that's gone in a heartbeat. You know, So we typically recommend a million dollars because that's in a bad enough accident with bodily injury. That's probably what an attorney is going to ask for. Jennifer mentioned the underinsured companies. Oh yeah. And it seems to me though, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we're insured at business radio X. I'm, I'm assuming Jennifer, you're insured and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not sure why you would not do it because I, it's not cost prohibitive 
I would say. I mean, you get a million dollar, you know, coverage policy and it's, it's not bad at all. Well, okay. So let me take part of that one because it depends on the industry. Like even ours, I'm pretty sure, uh, I don't know what insurance you guys have for Business Radio X, but I have a, a number of different pieces. So we've got our general liability or general business insurance. Then we've got our errors and emissions on top of that. Then we have our rider for our cybersecurity. Then we have the riders for, because of the type of business, we have us. workers' compensation. We also have, um, we actually have a million dollar um, umbrella policy over each of the cars uh, because people do actually drive to events for us. Then I have the insurance on the car, the vehicle that's actually associated to the business. Mm -hmm. And then I've got the property insurance on the actual business itself. Yep. And then, <laughs> very honestly, and that precludes what we do for our actual insurance for our employees. So that doesn't count that part. That's just strictly about the business itself. It's an expense on my company, but it's one that I find is worth it. And that's one that I, I promote for any of my clients coming into the door saying that you know, without it, the chances that if one of these things goes wrong, it's going to cost you times what you're actually spending. Time for a dumb question. <laughs> you talk about underinsured. Is it possible to be overinsured? They actually have too much coverage? Well, certainly. So, which you, nobody's ever thought of an insurance agent would actually say that, but absolutely. So, risk in, is involved in everything we do. And insurance policy is just one option as a risk offset for somebody's business. So, for, well, let's take an extreme example in a, in a hypothetical business. They spend 25% of their revenue on insurance because they're so risk averse. Well, in doing that, they're actually adding financial risk to their cash flow in the life of the business by by insuring themselves for everything under the sun. And that's no you're not going to be successful long term. You need that capital for marketing, for operations, for growing the business. And this is every business owner knows this. And so really looking at what you have, what are the key things you want to insure against that are going to be catastrophic to your business if an event were to happen? those you insure against, things that are common recurring events that are not that damaging, they're pesky, they get expensive cumulatively, those are actually better suited for a risk management program with internal controls mm -hmm. and you manage it that way. But yeah, I mean, I, to answer your question, yes, I have had clients who are, are definitely overinsured and we talk through those too, but I have a lot of clients, especially the small businesses we work with that forget to, in their projections, forget to actually put a line item for insurance as an operating expense. And it is a, it is a line item. It is part of your operations for your business. Sure. And so, and think about this, let's say you have a certain business and they have a potential for a, a claim event that could cost them $20,000 mm -hmm. or $25,000. So it's a property damage, hail event, wind, hail, water damage, something along those lines. Well, you can probably insure yourself for under $2,000 a year, mm -hmm. depending on, on the details, or you could have to keep $25,000 in the bank to pay for that. And <laughs> well, it goes. And so insurance is a means of freeing up capital to do other things. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other one that people don't realize is uh, for the ones on, that are listening today who have home-based business, 
keep in mind your homeowner's insurance is not going to cover whatever your business stuff is inside of your home. There's a very, very small <laughs> limited dollar figure for business items in home. Yeah. And so if you have inventory or you are, are stashing things for delivery or you're doing any kind of production inside the house. Or have software valued at more than $1,000, which is very common. Yeah. Even on personal, it's, more, it's common for that. But it, I mean, you have to understand that you have to get a separate policy to cover that business aspect. And those are extremely affordable. Yeah. And most people with the home-based business don't realize that. They don't insure it because they're like, well, I already have insurance at my home. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, not for, and, and with the business insurance, there are, especially with a home-based business, it, it's not just people coming to the premises Mm -hmm. for the business, there's a product that you're putting out there. There's places that you go to meet customers. All of those are part of your business liability. And so you don't think about it, but you're putting a product out into, out into the workforce for your customers. And if something potentially goes wrong with that, depending on the situation, that's a business claim. Yeah. And I mean, it, okay, so let's talk about you, Mike. Let's throw you back in the mix here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, Surprise. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things in, in regards to your business and even my business, right, is as a big thing is errors and omissions. So we're putting out things that will be in print or over the radio or on television that could technically be considered misrepresentation in some cases. That would actually fall under. So if you're talking about an advertising injury, that's actually going to be part of your business owner's policy or mm -hmm. your general liability coverage. The errors and omissions very specifically is going to go for your professional advice and professional activities. But that's, in my case, that's what it is because okay. we're not putting it out for ourselves. We're putting it out for a client. So we write the content for the client. Yes. Which is errors and omissions. Yep. <laughs> and in your case, you, you know, you're putting clients on the air. Yeah. We're usually letting them say their story though. So hopefully <laughs> you won't have the same problems that you might come across. Right. Well, that brings in, so let's talk about liability that occurs from business activities that aren't necessarily something that you did. Mm -hmm. So you bring somebody on the air, they purport something that's, that's wildly false, and now you get dragged into it by giving them a for giving them a platform. Right? And so those are things that people don't think about. We more frequently see that in, in the trades and construction, where you have a general contractor that hires a specific artisan and that's subcontracting underneath them, and the artisan does something that results in a claim, even though the general contractor had wasn't on the job site at the time, they get pulled into the legal action hmm. over mm -hmm. the claim, and that is a daily occurrence. Closest we had was uh, somebody came on and they misrepresented the company they worked for, Oof. and the company you know reached out and we asked us to remove the interview, which we immediately did. <laughs> so I would think that would be a risk management most of the times there's a letter or a communication that says, hey, cease and desist or make the correction and... Yeah, and we're and, done. And, and you're done. The bigger things that we see are errors uh, and emissions. And if people think about errors and emissions, it's, you know, we think about malpractice with doctors as a form of an E&O. Consulting definitely has it. Insurance, we have errors and emissions, you know, if a mistake is made mm -hmm. on, a, on the advice we give. So Accounting. It, yeah, it's highly important and <laughs> often overlooked. Now you're going to go We're check your to, policy. Yeah, so you got me a little, little worried now. But, but that, that brings up a serious point, though, that it's always good to, re, to, to review your policy once in a while. I would think that with all your clients, David, that you recommend at least once a year maybe having a, a discussion with, with, a, you know, with your agent. 
Oh, absolutely. So here's something else that people often forget. They start a small business, they get involved, they get busy, and all of a sudden they have an opportunity that's related to what they do, but slightly different. And that mm-hmm. brings them down a, a different path. And so we've had contractors that went from doing renovations to adding fire and water restoration. So now they're doing consulting work around mold and water mitigation, which is professional and pollution. And so you're adding those coverages in, having those conversations on a regular basis with your customers, just about life and what's going on and what the, how their business is doing, brings up things that you may not have thought about but definitely open a new risk to the business that you need to insure against. What is the wild and craziest thing that you've seen recently as far as a claim coming in for a business? For business? Yeah. Uh, it, this was it's from a couple of years ago, but it was, it was basically, it was an office, much like what we're sitting in now. And uh, somebody was reaching up and fell and their ring got caught on the shelf. And there was a worker's comp injury, like a s- serious worker's comp injury in an office setting. You know, it's computers and desks and it's a a very big medical expense from that. Seriously? Seriously. How did they fall and get tucked on? They were reaching up and the edge of their, and the edge of their wedding band got caught on a shelf when they slipped. (laughs) It's, these are the things that you don't make up. They actually have to happen. Yeah. That's kind of a weird one. Uh, You asked for the, you asked for the weird one. That is a weird one. You're right. We've had some standard slip and falls. We've had people in automobiles end up on workers' comp claims. At How a sto- did that happen? At a stoplight, in a company car, and somebody rear-ended the company car. So our insured did absolutely nothing wrong. But because of the way the workers' comp law works, workers' comp is the primary coverage mm-hmm. on the policy, on the injury, not the at-fault party's auto liability. And so there was tens of thousands of dollars in back injuries that occurred oh. from an automobile accident. Yeah, I think the worst, um, well, besides the ones that are recently for the natural disasters that have happened, um, was well, a, client, a client who had a coffee shop and restaurant, and their electric did go out, and they lost everything in the back end, and they had just gotten their shipment. So it was, it was a good $30,000 worth of, of product. That was lost. Right. Well, and that might be a perfect example where insurance would help restore, but there's still the business interruption that yeah. includes as you go through the claims process and you still have to restock and reorder. You still need capital to do that. Or you spend $500 to $1,000 on a generator, on a backup system, generator system. I know. And that's the one thing that when I talk to my clients, we always talk about the potential risk of what's about to happen and how to mitigate some of that risk like doing things like spending that extra $500 on a generator just in case it, for those kind of clients. It really only has to get you through a couple of days potentially, yeah. uh, which, you know, if I'm doing the math, a couple of days and $30,000 of inventory, it's, it's worth your time. Well, you got to look at the fact that, right, it's not just, okay, I'm down now. Well, what is that costing you per day in sales? What's, what's that costing you in product? What's that costing you in personnel? What, you know, how many days am I actually going to be down? How, how is this affecting my marketing and my customer retention? And how long is it going to take me to get back up? And if it takes me too long, will I get my customers back? Will my staff be gone? Well, right. You have rehiring, marketing again. So that actually brings up something that people may not think about. And 
is the business income and extra expense. Oftentimes it's added into a business business owner's policy, but there are times when when it's not mm-hmm. that it needs to be added in. And then are the are the levels adequate for what you have? And also keep in mind that I say your your staff is actually salaried. That's where, that's where the extra that's <laughs> yeah. where that comes in is keeping keeping your staff paid so that you actually have a business to operate once all the repairs are done. Thank you, David. This was great information. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Well, Let David, for, for those that would like to find out more, maybe look into your services, could use uh, Talbert Insurance. Uh, where can they get more information? Uh, you can go uh, to our website, talbertservices.com. Uh, or if you have direct questions for me or any one of our other agents in the office, uh, feel free to call. Main number is 770-497-9400. Great. Well, thank you, David. Thank you, Jennifer. This has been Strategic Insights Radio here on Business Radio X. To find out more about Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., contact them at 678-996-1312 or visit their website, sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. 